It's kind of a special feature on today's program. We're going to do what we, we have the power to do because this is a community-based show and we like to get input from all sorts of people, including friends and neighbors sometimes. In this case, I have an old friend from many years back um, who, whose work I stumbled on on Facebook. She is a photographer as uh, by, by avocation, I guess by hobby, and a damn good one. And some of the work she's done has been picked up and is getting attention um, all over the United States. It's my pleasure to say, welcome to Radio Parallax, Colleen Gino. Hi there, Doug. Thank you for having me on your show. Delighted to do it, and I'm delighted to, to take a look at what you've been doing. I know you've been you you like photography, and you like to go out and specialize in things that. Uh, um, shall we say, deal with space. You do some great work with, uh, I've seen galaxy photos and things like that, the Milky Way. But um, you've mm-hmm. also uh, had a passion for picking up on the local weather down in New Mexico, which can be quite violent. But uh, these violent uh, storms down there have turned into some excellent photography. Tell, tell us about that. Well, indeed, I actually live in a pretty rural area, about 50 miles south of Albuquerque in New Mexico, kind of in the middle of the state. And I don't have a lot around me, and so loving photography and having great New Mexico skies, I am always looking out for photo ops all year long, all, you know, day and night. So we are now currently in our monsoon season, which means lightning, which I love to capture. And a few weeks ago, I believe it was July 7th, or yes, it was July 7th, we had some great storm that was very close to me. Not so close it would be dangerous, but close enough that I could capture great lightning strikes lighting up distant mountains and fields. Just wonderful. My shoot of a lifetime from my own yard. So that's what started me and that's what got me all of this attention. Well, let's talk about that attention. You took one particular time-lapse shot that captured multiple lightning strikes, and the lightning strikes were, I must say, very, very cooperative and being extremely artistic in how they distributed themselves, and uh, and you were there to capture it, and and my God, I guess Good Morning America took a look at it and said, we're going to th- we're going to spread this one around. Well, that is true. They did. They picked right up on it and said, that's a pretty cool lightning shot. I don't know how the media guy found me, although I suspect it was through our local KRQE, our kind of local here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the ABC affiliate. He has seen my work a lot before on Twitter and Facebook and other media and has shared my images. So he retweeted, and then, so this all happened on Twitter. Yeah. So he retweeted, they retweeted through many other meteorologists, and somehow I think it trickled down to Good Morning America's media guy and he wasn't even even a meteorologist but media person and he picked up on it and he said wow great images we're sharing that well it's a hell of a captivating shot and it sounds like it's been shared by i mean what what, what numbers i mean if we feel privileged to reach several thousand people on this radio uh, program but it looks like your numbers are a lot better than that 
Well, they are, but trust me, in my own personal Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter, which I'm on all social media, I'm happy to reach 50 people. (laughs) However, this first image they posted of the lightning, which happened several weeks ago, but the first image reached something like 28 to 30,000 people. Well, I suspect it reached many more. 28 to 30,000 liked it. 6,000 shared it. So that suggests that it probably reached a lot because Good Morning America on their Facebook page has something like a half million followers. So it is not only in this country, but all around the world. So that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I guess the sad part about this is that the the web is notorious for gathering up content, quote unquote, like a vacuum cleaner. And and certainly they saw a quality item in your photography. But alas... uh, they're, they're using your work, and, and, and no, no uh, compensation comes back to you. That doesn't seem fair. This is very true. Well, you know, it doesn't, and I've had a lot of friends tell me that, but by the same token, if I'm going to share my stuff, my photography on social media, it's out there. In my opinion, it's out there. I put it out there. I watermark my pictures, so my name is on there. If people care to find it, or find me, they will. If evil people block it out, they will. But basically, I have shared this thing, and social media is all about sharing. You do not pay people to share. Well, it's rather painful to have hundreds of thousands of likes, because actually, Good Morning America went on to share another picture later that week. That one picture, which was of a sun rising, (laughs) actually between my own trees in my own yard, It got 46,000 likes, this one image of mine. And on that day, I think it was like, I don't know, they were talking about movie stars and other things, and they were getting 10,000 likes. So I understand it as Good Good Morning America getting the likes. However, they also kind of like me (laughs) because Good Morning America posts a lot of stuff, and they're not getting 40,000 likes. If people want to, listeners, want to go check out some of this dramatic photography, where they can go? I am on all social media. So if you are on Facebook, I am Enlightful Images. So Enlightful is I-N-L-I-G-H-T-F-U-L, Enlightful Images. Okay. And on I... Twitter, I'm just at Enlightful. On Instagram, I'm at Enlightful Images, and on Flickr, I'm Enlightful. So, yeah, you could find me. So either look for my name, and if you Google me, you'll find me. Trust me. But look for Enlightful. All right. And and we should, why don't you spell your name out for listeners, because I'm sure they're going to want to do this. My name is Colleen Gino. That is C-O-L-L-E-E-N-G-I-N-O. All right, and I encourage everyone to do this because you really, you really did get some great lightning shots. But you know, some of these—you uh, did a photo of of the Milky Way that was no slouch either. That was pretty cool. And that is from my own yard, and that is why I live in rural New Mexico. <laughs> and I'm a, you know, I'm a native Californian, and I love California. Can't beat the weather. I love it. It's the most beautiful state. However, here in New Mexico, we have low population density. Way too cold in the winter for me, but other than that, <laughs> I can walk out into my own yard and get these images Yes, that I really couldn't get in California. True enough. We have so much light pollution. 
Which reminds me yeah. of something. He used to work at Mount Wilson Observatory, which is a very curious thing. Uh, famous observatory up uh, in the hills behind Pasadena. And uh, unfortunately, when they built the observatory, it was kind of a rural spot. But with the spreading of the greatest carpet of lights, I think, in the whole world, I, I imagine the light pollution must have had a bad effect on the observatory. Well, yes and no. You know, for visual observing, absolutely yes. But as time went on, and when I was there, in the era I was there, which was in the very late 90s and early 2000s, they had very sophisticated equipment that was able to block out that city light. And, for example, there's an interferometer up there that a vi- for visible light that really doesn't, isn't even bothered by that. So, hmm. yeah, if you're up there with a telescope, you might see the light. The other thing is, at Mount Wilson Observatory, I think it was at about 6,000 feet elevation, mm-hmm. the marine layer sits right below it. Oh. And guess what? That blocks out all the city lights. So oh. even for visual observing, it's pretty cool. But with the sophisticated instrumentation of the instruments in these days, it is not at all bothered. One of the other instruments that I worked on when I was up there was a laser-guided adaptive optics system. Ah. And so basically they were shooting a laser in the sky and focusing on that and then the mirror of the telescope, well, the mirror actually of the adaptive optics instrumentation, would adapt to the fluctuations in the atmosphere to give you a clear image. That's one of the things I worked on there. It was very cool. So, yes, you're correct that Mount Wilson Observatory was founded like something in 1908 or 12 when there was no city. However, instrumentation has developed quite a bit since that time, and that is not a problem. We should note, too, that I think that uh, uh, when, when madman Edward Teller sat Ronald Reagan down in 1983 and proposed this, this insane idea that we were going to shoot down all the Russian missiles, a good thing that came out of that was the research into adaptive optics where they were necessarily trying to figure out how you could punch a hole in the atmosphere. So they had to measure the atmosphere and that they'd shoot lasers up. And out of this came some, some good astronomy. So I guess every cloud is a silver lining. I think so. I'd go along with that. <laughs> so, Colleen, how far are you from Roswell? I'm about ooh, a two-hour drive, enough that I see my share of aliens <laughs> in the sky. I was going to ask, uh, with all that time you spent observing down there in the clear skies of New Mexico, uh, haven't seen anything too funny, I guess, huh? I have seen some rather odd things, but in the end of the day, they're pretty explainable. Darn all right. It. Okay. Military test plane, something like that, maybe? The last thing I saw in my images, because when I go at an image in my backyard, yeah. I set up my camera, I have a Nikon D810, and and it doesn't matter what you have. All cameras or DSLRs are equal. I set up my camera to automatically just take shots. So at night, I'll set it up. You know, I, I go through all the motions to set up the proper exposure time that I need, the proper ISO, the proper f-stop. And once I'm happy with that, I set up the, cl- the camera's internal intervalometer to <laughs> just go take images. Okay. So I will image for hours. While I'm sitting inside, either uh-huh. having a hot chocolate or watching My Favorite Martian on TV <laughs> or whatever I'm doing, my camera's outside taking images. Uh-huh. I set it up to take. My job is then to look at those images and see what I can do with it. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I find something rather unexplainable. And about a week ago, interestingly enough, 
I saw this object, and I was looking close. I mean, I'm shooting 12 millimeters. That's a pretty big view of a sky, but I saw this little light that kind of blinked on and off, and it moved like a satellite would move. Okay. Although in my experience, all the satellites I've seen, they just leave a streak in the sky. Okay. This one came on and off. The lightness came on, and then it would be off. And it was in a very peculiar pattern where it was on for one 30-second exposure, then it was off for one, and then it was on for one, then it was off for two. And I thought, what the heck is that? And I talked to a very good friend of mine who is a rocket scientist. And he said, well, you know, there are satellites out there that are kind of just tumbling. Yeah. Some of them are not even under our control anymore, but they're tumbling. And that could be a tumble pattern. That could be a three-sided satellite that's showing you this particular pattern. And I've meant to go out to re-photograph again, but... It's been cloudy at 11.30 because, of course, I need to get out at the same time, look in the same direction, and catch it again. Okay. So I thought, you know, I I was quite certain I didn't have a Martian or an (laughs) alien, but I thought I had something rather unusual, but darn, evidently not. All right. Well, Colleen, I know you're a big space advocate. We met many moons ago at one of those Planetary Society events, and and I'm hoping that... um, in the weeks to come, we can get Emily Lock the Wall of the Planetary Society to talk about these great photos from Pluto, and I hope I hope you'll uh, you'll tune into that. Go NASA! That is so exciting. I tell you what, that mission is incredible. And in fact, my rocket scientist friend is one of the mission specialists on that. So, go Pluto! Oh, will he come talk to us? That'd be it might be a great guest to have. You know what? I bet he would. So we'll talk. Well, we thank you, Colleen Gino. Photographer extraordinaire, space advocate, and and apparently part-time booker for Radio Parallax. Outstanding. You got it. Thank you, Doug. (laughs) It was fun. Let's do it again sometime. All right. Sounds good. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. Our thanks to our old pal, Will Durst, and our... New pal Bob Silvestri and the remarkable and talented Colleen Gino, who is, as David Letterman might have said, a fabulous babe. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We will see you next week at the same time. (laughs) 